If you have a Bible this morning, you can open it up to Psalms 92. Psalms 92. And I want to talk to you a little bit. <clears throat> Many of you probably have heard the phrase karma. Uh, and that word, it, it really comes from uh, Hindu philosophy. And it, it, it kind of means the law or the cause of the law or the effect of the law. And it basically means what comes around goes around, right? I don't believe in karma per se, but I believe in a principle that's very close to karma that your Bible talks about, and it's called seed time and harvest. Everybody say seed time and harvest. One more time, seed time and harvest. And it has to do really with our choices, our actions, our words, our habits, and how they're like seeds that we plant into the ground or the soil of our life, and it produces a harvest tomorrow by what we're doing today. Now, I want to say right from the top is that any time I start talking about seed time and harvest, many people will turn me off and say, well, he's going to preach about my money. <laughs> I might touch on it. I don't know. But what I don't want to happen is I think I really do believe that sometimes people miss out on receiving revelation or breakthrough from God because they, in their mind, they will hear something and say, oh, I know that or I've heard that before or they're just talking about money and they just totally close off. I want to go deeper than that today. So can you just lean in with me for a little bit today? I want to talk to us about being good farmers. I really don't think there's any more prevalent principles in the Bible than seed time and harvest. I don't think there's anything impacting your life more today than seed time and harvest. It's a powerful principle. So when a farmer decides that he wants a harvest in his field, the very first thing he does before he buys seed, before he tills the ground, before he does any of that is number one, he has to imagine the future harvest that he wants. We have a cornfield behind our house, and every year it's kind of a guessing game of what the farmer's going to plant. This year they ended up, they actually did two crops. They harvested one several weeks ago, and now there's beans in the field. But long before that ever happened, that farmer had to sit down somewhere, and he had to determine in his mind and in his heart that this year I want two crops out of that field. I can't do that with, with every type of seed. Some needs to grow longer. Some are specialized nutrients in the soil. So, so if I want two crops out of the field, here are the two kind of seeds that I have to put together because that will allow me to get the harvest in the future that I want. Anybody with me this morning? Yes. So before anything else happens, the farmer first has to acknowledge in his head, in his heart, in his mind, what is it that I want for my future? What do I want to put in my field? What harvest am I looking for? And that's where it all starts. Maybe you need to think about your life. Where do you want to be five years from now? Three years from now? Ten years from now? What do you want your life to look like and be like? What harvest are you anticipating in the future? One of the biggest mistakes that we can make as believers is when we fall into this mindset that, well, I'm just going to go through life and whatever God wants for me will be. How many of you know that's, that's not Bible? 
Right? Actually, your Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but violence men seize hold upon the kingdom by force. What is he saying? Anything that you're going to get out of the kingdom of God, you have to be deliberate. You have to be forceful. You have to set your mind to it. You have to anticipate the harvest that you want in your future. A farmer would be totally out of his mind to stand in the middle of his field and say, whatever grows is what God wants for me. <laughs> Stuff's going to grow, but it's not going to produce anything for you long term, right? You're going to get a harvest, but it's not a harvest that you will benefit from. Come on, somebody. So in the same way, the farmer has to look at that field, that empty field, and he has to Believe in his mind, think in his mind, what do I want in my future? If he doesn't want corn, he can do something else. But he has to imagine in his mind what it is that he wants for his future. And that's really where this whole principle starts in our lives, is being deliberate on what type of harvest I want my, in my future. What do I want my tomorrow to look like? Do I want it to be different than today? Well, then what I can't do is I can't keep planting the same seeds that I planted yesterday because I'll get the same harvest that I got today. So a big part of this is simply knowing what you want in your future. What's on your priority list? I'm going to throw a few things out that maybe should be on your priority list. Maybe you haven't even thought about this, but these are good things. Maybe you want to be a healthy person. When I say that, I mean relationally and emotionally and physically and spiritually. You want to be a healthy person. You want to have healthy relationships in your life. You want good friendships and good family relationships. You want peace in your mind. You want your soul in a healthy place. Come on. That's a good harvest to believe for. Maybe in your future, you would want to harvest where you please God, where you keep him at the center of your life, because scripture clearly says that when he's at the center, things are going to go good for you and they're going to be better for you. So that's a great goal to have. Maybe you would say, I want to be planted as a family and have my children grow in the house of the Lord and, and, and for my, my children to know the word of God and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit of God. David said this in Psalm 92, 13, where I had you open up to. He says, they are planted, everybody say planted, planted, in the house of the Lord, and they flourish in the courts of our God. I want you to note there, it starts with being planted, and after you're planted, they flourish. Flourishing doesn't come till after we're planted. Some other good things is I'm going to assume that you want to prosper and you want to have increase in your life. I'm assuming you don't want to be slave to your, your lenders, as the Bible would call it, in debt and owing everybody money. Come on, somebody. But I'm assuming you would want to get to a place in your life that the Bible says that we would give to people and meet needs of people and lend to many nations and just live a generous life because we're able to do so. It's a great goal to have. And I'm assuming that you don't want to just be in the house of God, but you want to be a part of building the house of God. And that starts when we contribute our time, our talent, and our treasure to the mission of the church. One thing I love about this principle is when you look around today at, at our church, it's, it's not just here because it's 
marked by the goodness of God or the blessing of God. All of that is true. But really, it's marked because of many people who have sown many good seeds over years. Every, everything you touch and see is because somebody came before you and decided, I want to sow a good seed into good soil because there will be those who will come after me. Come on, somebody. From the chairs you sit to the carpet you stand. It's all because somebody saw into the future and they said, I want to be a part of lives that would be changed by the gospel and I want to plant a seed. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1. And it says this, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, falls there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones to, in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good." Powerful verse of scripture. I wanted to read that whole thing to you because I, I, I want to zoom in on, on verse uh, four where it says, he who observes the wind. But I, I love the, the beginning part of that where he says, cast your bread upon the water, upon every wave. Because we don't know that if a storm comes or a tree falls or what's going to happen. And one of the things that I've found with sowing and reaping and where so many times we get it wrong is we... We approach the principle of sowing and reaping with a instantaneous harvest. So I'll encourage the church, hey, you need to sow in your giving. All right, well, I'm going to put five in the plate, and pastor, I didn't get, you know, I didn't get a 20 this week. It didn't work. All right, well, well if you want to have more friends, then you got to start being friendly to some people. Sowing. Right, oh, all right, pastor, well, I said hi to three people, and nobody wanted to be my friend, and nobody wanted to talk with me. It doesn't work. So we assume that as soon as the seed hits the ground, we get an immediate harvest. But here's the principle of harvest. I love that he says, just keep casting because you don't know when you're going to need what you need. You just need to keep casting because you don't know when you're going to need what you need. I may have sown seeds in my life 20 years ago that I have yet to see a harvest on. But the harvest has nothing to do with when I perceive God bringing it into fulfillment in my life. Has everything to do with God being the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ending. He knows the number of my days. So he looked at that seed that was planted in 2004 and he said that thing is going to be marked for 2024 because there's a situation coming that you're going to need a breakthrough and you're going to need a harvest. So don't, 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 don't worry when it hasn't happened yet and don't worry when it hasn't manifested yet. I've just been holding that seed in the ground for the appointed time for the right harvest season. So we approach our sowing with the mind of saying, I'm casting it on the water, wave after wave. I'm putting it in the ground because I don't know when I'm going to need the harvest. I'm thankful in my life that sometimes God didn't give me the harvest that I was believing for. Come on, some of us, you know, some of you, I got to be careful. 
Some of you didn't marry your high school crush. And now looking back in retrospect, you're probably very glad. Come on, somebody. But in that moment, you would have said, God, I'll do anything. I'll give anything. This is the one. But God looked at that and said, no, I'm looking into your future and I'm recognizing there's something better and greater. And her name's Sarah. Come on, somebody. Husbands, this is a great time for you to nudge your wife. I'm laying out some brownie points for you. I don't... After I dug my hole, my way out of that hole that I was going in real quick. So we approach our sewing. And I'm, yeah, sewing has to do with money, but sewing is so much more than that. It's how we treat people. It's how we do good. It's how we live our lives. It's, it's giving to other people and being kind to other people when they're not kind to us. It's just being obedient to God. But what I want us to understand before we move on today is never try to put a timetable on God of when you should receive a harvest. Typically, I've found that when I start sowing in any area of my life, usually it goes the opposite direction for a little while. Anybody else in the house with me? But I'm not in the harvesting business. God said, I'll take care of that. I'm in the sowing business. I'm glad that I didn't get every financial breakthrough when I was 20 years old. Why? Because it wouldn't have saw past 21. But God looked in my future and he said, listen, you're going to need this down the road somewhere. So I want you to always approach your sowing in that mindset of, you know, I'm going to cast out because I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I know if the seed's in the ground, it will produce. Everybody say it will produce. Verse 4, he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Wow. If you look at the clouds, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to have struggles in your life. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to start questioning the power of this seed process and the principles of it. But he says, just keep sowing your seed in the morning. In the evening, keep sowing your seed. There are two big hindrances that keep us from receiving harvest. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. Number one, one of the biggest hindrances of people not receiving a harvest is when they don't know what they want most for their future. And I address that a little bit, but uncertainty creates hesitation. It creates a lack of commitment, a lack of clarity around your priorities. So that can be a barrier to receiving a harvest that God has for you. Let me take it out of the realm of finances. Maybe God's called you to, to do a business or go back to school. And in that realm, there's going to be a lot of seed sowing. A lot of nights studying, a lot of hours coming up with a business plan, a lot of getting your hands in the dirt and pulling yourself up. And if you're not certain about what you want for your future, the slightest win will cause you to give up, quit, and walk away. 
Well, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. It's not going to happen. This is harder than I anticipated. But somebody who understands the harvest that they want for the future will be willing to put in the long nights of study or the long nights of, of, of you know, planning and doing whatever it is that you have to do. Come on, even in the realm of leading your family, when you look at your family, do you have a mental picture of how you want to believe that your kids will be and the things that you want them to know? Because if you simply exist under the same roof and hope that they find God somewhere in the process, you're going to be very mistaken. But we have to be intentional. And sometimes we have to say, no, you can't watch that. No, you got to turn that off. Sometimes we got to turn some stuff off. All of that sowing. I'm sowing into my children. I'm sowing into their future. I'm sowing into the atmosphere that I have around my house. I'm sowing into the people that I allow in. My wife's a stickler on that. She doesn't want drama in our home. And there are some times she's like, I don't want them to come over. There's nobody here. Why? Because we got to protect. I don't want my kids in that environment. I don't want them in that atmosphere. All of those things are sowing. I'm sowing for a future. I'm sowing for how I want my kids to be and how I want them to follow the Lord. And when I begin to do all these things and I'm sowing and I'm sowing, that's when the Bible says, train your child in the way that they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart. Well, pastor, don't look good. I'm not in the harvesting business. I'm in the sowing business. So I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep speaking words of life over them. I'm going to keep praying for them. I'm not going to give up and back up and quit and just say, well, they make their own decision. No, I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep talking to them about Jesus. Come on, somebody. So not understanding what you want your future to be is a massive barrier into really sowing well. But when you're deliberate with your future, you'll be deliberate in your sowing. And number two, there's a hindrance to the harvest when people get discouraged by condition and circumstance and stop sowing their seed. If you allow negative conditions to stop you from sowing your seed, your harvest will be hindered. Sometimes we just have to stop overthinking it. No, I mean, really, for, for a minute, there's only so much that a farmer can do. He can plow the field, he can get the seed in there, he can make sure it has water, but there are certain aspects to it that are completely out of his hand. He can't go down and make the seed kill itself, really kill the shell that's around it and begin to absorb the nutrients in the soil and spring new life. He can't make that happen. That's God and God alone. What he can do, and listen to me real close, what he can do is aid the conditions around the seed to make sure that it has everything it needs to do what God intended it to do. I'll say that again. All that he can do is aid the condition around the seed. Keep it in prayer. Keep yourself worshiping. Keep being kind to people. Keep talking right. Keep living right. Staying on God's side. Even when it feels like quitting. Even when it feels like giving up. Even when you want to back up. Even when you want to just end the relationship. Even when you want to stop praying about it because you haven't seen breakthrough. No, I don't give up. I don't quit. I don't back down. I don't do any of that because all I can do is I'm going to keep priming the field. Keep priming the condition. Keep speaking the word of God over it. Keep speaking life to the situation. Keep it in prayer. Stay around positive people. And as long as I'm 
I'm doing that, I'm saying, God, I'm priming the ground. I'm doing everything that I can do. Now, God, you do what only you can do. Our role is not to read the weather. Our role is to sow the seed. Where in your life have you allowed weather conditions to affect you? God sent you into that job. Maybe you don't know why. But now you're there and, well, nobody respects me and nobody honors me and nobody thanks me and nobody appreciates me, so I'm just going to quit. Well, that ain't what he said to do. You keep going until he tells you to do something else. You do it as under the Lord. You sow the best seeds you can in everybody that you come in contact with. Sometimes, again, sometimes we can leave a situation like that and you're like, well, I must have missed God or I didn't hear God. I don't know why he would have had me there and it's a terrible condition and a terrible thing and, and maybe I just messed up. Maybe God had you sowing some seeds that will benefit you in the future. Maybe he needed to see, hey, hey, are they long-suffering? Will they be patient? Will they be steadfast? Will they be unmovable? Come on, somebody. And that was just a proving ground for your next season. So many times people let circumstance change what God has called them to do. But we don't act, listen to this, based on what other people are saying or doing. We act based on the harvest we want to see in our future. We act based on the harvest we want to see in our future. If you're struggling relationally right now with a spouse or a child or a coworker or a boss, maybe they are talking to you in a way that's negative and every part of you wants to lash out and let them know what you think. But maybe God's calling you to sow some seeds of kindness and gentleness and self-control. We have to stop being a weatherman and start being farmers and get back to what God's called us to do. You know, the Bible says that when it comes to people coming to Christ, it says that some plant seed, some water, and some harvest. I don't know where I am in that process. God could set me on a job or into a grocery store or whatever to share the gospel or just be kind to somebody who was having a really rough day. And that's, that was just simply the entrance of a seed in their heart that would transform them forever. And there would be years and decades that people would come to them and water and not see a harvest and water and not see a harvest and water and not see a harvest. But that's not my problem. My problem was, God, did I plant a seed when you told me to plant a seed? Did I water when you told me to water? And maybe some harvest I get have nothing to do with me. It has to do that somebody came before me and planted some seeds into the ground. The Bible says that he sends perfect laborers into the field. Here's a newsflash for you. You may not be the perfect laborer for your family member. You're too familiar. So maybe God just wants you to keep, just keep priming, keep the atmosphere right. You keep living right. You let them see you be a witness. You let them see your light shine. You let them see the gospel in action in your life. And he'll take care of sending that perfect laborer into their life to reap a harvest that you can't get through. Because why? It was never assigned to you. 
So the scripture is saying if you wait until the wind and the weather are just right, you never plant anything or harvest anything. So my message for us today is don't hold back. Don't hold back in your sowing. Don't hold back in your sowing. Again, don't turn me off think I'm just talking about your money. Don't hold back in your sowing, in all of it. In your giving, in your generosity, in how you love other people, in how you walk with God. Don't hold back. Regardless of the conditions, don't withhold your hand. The farmer's only hope for harvest is if he gets the seed in the soil. And he can't let the weather hold him back. He can't let a gloomy forecast in the farmer's almanac hold him back. He can't let another farmer who's discouraged hold him back. Come on, somebody. He can't let weariness and tiredness hold him back. Because he has one role assigned by God in this creative process for his future. Just put the seed in the soil. Just put it in the soil. I'll take care of the rest. I'm God, he says. I know when you need it. I'm God. Just get the seed in the soil. Amen? So I want to encourage us today to lead our families, students to lead your lives, parents lead your children, not only individually but collectively as God's church. I want us to, to lead lives today that are very specific in our decisions based off of a future that we desire. And let's keep doing what God's called us to do. And let's keep being faithful. And let's keep being strong. And let's keep honoring the Lord. And let's keep sowing seeds. And let's go keep going after the call of God. And let's keep worshiping even when the forecast seems bleak. And let's keep showing up when the world says run away. Let's just keep doing what God's called you to do. Let's just stay on God's side, somebody. Come on. Let's keep investing in our marriages and in our family and in our children. Let's keep investing in the life of our church. Now's not the time to draw back. Now's not the time to draw. Now's the time to lean in, press in. He said, every wave that's coming, just start sowing. I'd sow more now than I've ever sown in my entire life. Why? Because I don't know, like the Bible said when that verse we read, I don't know when a tree's going to fall. I don't know when a storm's going to come. But what I need to know is that when it does come, I've got harvest coming back wave after wave after wave because I was faithful to plant. I was faithful to keep going after God. I was faithful to keep reading his word. You think I'm a pastor, so it's like every time I open the Bible, it's like, oh, whoa. It's not. It's like everybody, sometimes I'm reading, I have no idea what I'm even reading, what God's talking about. Or I'm reading, it's like, God, we know this. But you read. Because there's also been times in my life where I've been talking to somebody, and I don't know what to tell them. And something that I read, I didn't even remember it. But the Holy Spirit, you've been there, the Holy Spirit just brings that back up in you. And it's like, man, if I wasn't faithful to keep sowing seed, keep sowing seed, keep sowing seed, keep praying. Can I just touch on prayer just for a minute? It's the same situation. 
The same situation. All we do is put seed in the ground through prayer. By speaking the word of God, calling those things that be not as though they are. Just keep petitioning, keep petitioning, keep thanking God, just keep asking God, just keep loving. And what we're doing is we're just, we're just sowing seed. We're just putting it in the ground. We're just priming the atmosphere. I don't care how many decades go by. You don't give up. You don't quit. You don't back down. But pastor, I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying and I don't see any harvest. It's not your job. You keep sowing. You keep sowing. You keep sowing. You keep sowing. Don't you dare quit, quit praying for that loved one. Don't you dare quit believing for that future. Don't you dare quit believing that God's going to perform a miracle in your body just because you don't see it. You keep sowing. Keep going. Come on, somebody. Don't give up. Don't back up. Now's the time to lean in. Don't look at the weather. Don't get caught up in circumstance. Doing good always creates a harvest of good things. I want you to understand this. Sowing and reaping, this law, this principle, it's no respecter of persons. So this works in the world for those who don't know God as much as it does for the church. Why? Because it's a law. There are some great people sowing some great seeds who will never see the other side of heaven. Why? Even Jesus said that. He said that those will come to me in that day and said, Lord, but we did this and we gave water and we did this thing over here. And he says, but you didn't know me. What does that mean? It means you can be a great person, sow great seeds, but not know God. How much more as children of light, as the redeemed of God, should we be operating in this principle of sowing good seeds? As a church, we sow good seeds. How we worship is creating our future. I want us to get that. How we worship as a church creates our future. Our mindsets towards serving create our future. Let me just submit this. What if everybody's attitude towards serving was just like yours? It may be great, but it may be bad. Whatever our church will become five years from now absolutely depends on the seeds that we sow as a congregation today. Why? Because it's a natural law. If we become inward focused and try to create an environment that serves us and makes us happy and those are the seeds that we try to plant and those are the seeds that we sow, guess what will happen? In five years, that's what we will be. An inward focused, self-serving, self-seeking congregation who has no effect on the world around us and no pulse on the heart of God. Or we can start planting seeds by continuing to reach out to our community and reach out to our neighbors and giving when it hurts and praying when we don't feel like it and showing up even when it's hard and just leaning in and pressing in and not backing up but just going forward. I guarantee you in five years we will be a very dramatically different place. Why? Because we have seed in the ground. You know, we do outreach events like in the, the, the Easter outreach that we do and I can't say that even from those type of things or we've given away Christmas trees that, you know, we often see a return, so to speak, on the investment in, oh, well, 12 new people came to church. Again, I'm not in the harvesting business. 
I'm in the seed planting business. So what I can do is I can do whatever's in my hands. I can bless somebody if I have the ability to bless them. Maybe those people weren't marked for this house, but there's a seed in the ground for whatever house they're marked for. So whatever our church will be five years from now depends on what we're sowing today. Depends on the prayers we sow today. It depends on the giving that we give today. Our outreach, how we prioritize children and youth, all, all will mark what our church will become. And what we are now is a result of what was sown in previous seasons. I think we've got some good harvest. I don't say we've done everything right, but I know we have a group of people who love God. I know we have a group of people who are passionate about serving God. I know we have a group of people who are passionate about winning the lost and seeing change and transformation into our community. That's why twice a month we're handing out food. No strings attached. Just, you need it, come get it. Why? Because, you know, I don't know if they're ever going to come to church here. You know, somebody said to me, well, how do we know they're not going to other food banks? Well, maybe they are. That's not my job. It's not, I'm not in the business of, you know, evaluating their cupboards and whether they really need. I'm in the sowing seed business. Come on, somebody. So that's what I do. I do we just sow seeds. And we allow God to, to determine what and when the harvest will be. But what I will say is just like that scripture said, when it rains, that's why we sow on every wave. That's why we sow. Because when it rains, I'm expecting. So now when crisis comes or hard times comes or it seems like things are looking bleak, I can stand in the face of God and say, I've sown and I've planted and I know because I've done it, I will get blessing wave after wave after wave after wave. Why? Because I was faithful and I didn't back up and I kept moving forward. Seeds will always produce after their own kind. You don't ever get a cherry tree from an apple tree seed. What do I mean by that? Bad attitudes create bad attitudes. Bad attitudes create bad attitudes. What I found is people with a bad attitude find people with a bad attitude. It's like you want to talk about a magnetic force. I don't know how they all find each other. But it's like everybody in the friend group is negative and miserable and they're all gossipers. And, or you have people in the friend group who they're just encouraging one another and doing life together and, and, you know, building each other up and praying for one another. And there's a clear sometimes divide in that. You got to be careful. If you're sowing a bad attitude, negativity, talking down all the time, it's what you're going to reap in your life. The Bible says, and we like to use it as, you know, well, don't judge me because the Bible says that, you know, how we judge others will be judged ourselves. So don't judge me. That's what we like to use it for. But how you judge others, how you view others, how you talk about others, how you treat others is how you will be treated yourself. Whatever you're putting out into your atmosphere, into your home, into your car, don't be surprised when your children pick up on it and start saying it. Our oldest is eight, and we caught on to this real quick when, you know, you just forget because we're used to having little kids. Some of you older ones already got this, but we're just learning. But you just forget that, you know, my oldest is eight, and he's learning things. So we'll be talking about something in the car, and, and suddenly, like, you know, a day later, hey, Dad, 
what did you mean when you said blank, blank? And you're like, I didn't mean anything. I don't know what you heard. Sorry. (laughs) But the atmosphere that you keep in your home is important. Be deliberate with it. Don't allow anything to come through your airwaves. Don't allow, and I say this lightly, but don't allow portals to be opened. I have a hard time saying that because there's a Christian comedian who makes fun of Halloween, and if you've seen it, you'd know what I'm talking about if you didn't, but I love him. But, you know, he's talking about portals because somebody has a Halloween decoration being opened. And he says it jokingly, but there is some essence of truth, and that's why it's funny. Portals of negativity will attract negative things into your home. Watching things you know, on your phone or on your TV, it opens doors of what can come into your home. It gives the enemy access into your life. So guard it. Be deliberate about that's No, 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 I can't have that. That's not the harvest I want. Are you saying I can't watch anything? Listen, I'm saying you got to take that up with between you and the Lord. We're not a legalistic church, and for one person, you know, I've known people who say, you know, I, we, we can't watch anything, you know, that it's not Christian-based, you know, and because they've had some struggles in their life, and they won't even go into a movie theater because they, if there's a bad poster, and you know what, for them, that's right, because of their background and what they've come from, they can't, they, 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 they can't even go there, but now we can't be legalistic and say that applies to you because you got to know between you and God. you got to have an honest conversation between you and God. If that thing's going to pull me away, get me thinking a wrong thing, get me believing a wrong thing, then i got to cut it off. Sorry. But seeds, good seeds always produce a good harvest. Galatians 6, 9, and I am hurrying. It says, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If we don't give up. Some people say, well, it's, it's a bad thing to just go through the motions. I get what they mean by that, but sometimes it's the best thing you can do. Sometimes going through the motions of I'm going to worship when I want to cry. I'm going to show up when I want to run. I'm going to give when every ounce of my being says, don't you dare. Why? He says, if we don't give up, we will reap a harvest. And lastly, I just want to bring this point out. Doing good is how we overcome evil. Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome by evil. But listen, but overcome evil with good. Good seeds. Overcome evil with good. So we don't just overcome evil by praying. We overcome evil by doing good. Understand this, prayer, praise, worship, giving is all a part of summoning heaven into our circumstances in our life. When we do those things, it activates the hand of God. It, it, you know, it activates God moving. But sometimes we think that just praying or worshiping or giving is the end of it, and it replaces doing good. But here it says we overcome evil with good things. We have to put seed in the ground. We have to put seed in the ground. So I just want to acknowledge really quick that I know we live in a world 
where there's a lot of evil things going on. And maybe, you know, like me, you're just, you can watch the news or you can see, and there's just so much darkness, craziness, confusion. I mean, the world has become so divisive. It's crazy. So much conflict. Outright evil filling almost every vein of society. The social, spiritual climate of the day does not look great. The economic outlook does not look great. 2024 is on the way, which it appears may be one of the most combative years politically that our nation's ever known with the upcoming presidential election. There's a lot of evil in the world. Light and darkness colliding. Can I say one of the biggest things that scare me is that when our freedom of speech is put on trial, when cancel culture is turned into literal laws, and now we're allowing people to determine what they feel comfortable in us saying. And there's a tendency to, as a Christian, just say, oh, I want to step away and, and, and you know, I don't, I don't want to lean into that. But can I just submit to us today, and you know, I'm not a real political preacher, but I believe that we are on the cusp of us not being able to actually preach the gospel anymore. Why? Because all that they have to do is label it misinformation, and every social media platform that we have will instantly be closed. All that they have to do is label it hate speech simply because we believe in a different path of life than somebody else. And that's where we are. Somebody else is deciding what is truth and what is not. And if we disagree, that's why we have Pioneer Network. We can say whatever we want to say. You know, this week, I'm, we're getting ready to sign another contract that will take us into another one million homes. So far, we, we reach 153 million homes. This week, we're just going to add another million at no cost to us. I don't know what the world's doing, but I know in 2020, when God said, now's the time, do this network. And some days, there have been days. I have questioned, God, should we? This is hard. I was uh, on a, a phone call. Many of you know my, our story with this and how we just really started with, with absolutely nothing. And, but I was uh, e emailing somebody, and they were wanting us to explore some Comcast channels to be on. And, and it just financially, we just weren't there yet. And she said, well, let me just, just you know, Get, can I get you on a conference call? And, and I said, okay. And it'll be her and somebody else from Comcast. So, so lo and behold, the next day I get on this conference call, and it's one of the presidents of Comcast. And I'm like, and they're talking about, I don't even remember because I didn't know what they were talking about. 
So I didn't even know what to respond. But I, it just, it just always, it's just so overwhelming to me of just the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And that he's opening doors and he's doing things. And, you know, it might be because there is coming a day where other platforms might say, you can't say that on here. You can't say Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's misinformation. That's hate speech. All right, I'll move on beyond that. But what are we going to do as people, as a church? What we need to do is not hold back. And in this season, more than any other season, lean forward. Move forward. If we've been a marginal part of God's great church, now's not the time to stay in the margins. Now's the time to lean in. Now's the time to get in, get yourself planted, flourish in the house of God. Understand that, you know, sometimes I wish, God, couldn't you have, you know, put me in this different time period or whatever? But no, God looked at you and said, I need them in 2023 to be in my church because they have a gifting and anointing on their life to do in the earth what I need done in that season. And nobody else would have done. You can go back to all the greats, Shambach and all of the people who have come before us, the great ministers of the gospel. And God said, they won't do in this season. You will do in this season. Your gifting will work in this season. So we don't just pray. We sow good seeds. Amen, team, you can come. What we don't occupy, the enemy will. What we fail to occupy, it does not take long, somebody, come on, to, to, you just turn your back on your garden for a minute, your flower bed, and it's like, what happened? And where did you come from? I mean, this year, we, we finally did it right in our flower beds. We put the, the weed barrier down and then the mulch, so I'm like, we're good this year. And you turn around and it's like, wait a minute, that's not even a plant. Like, where did you come from? But somehow it buried itself in the mulch and grew. It, like, it, it, the, the point is you have to be deliberate. Because any space that you give, the enemy's coming in with seeds to sow into your life. He's wanting to get people around you. Maybe their bad attitudes towards you or their negativity towards you has nothing to do with you. But it's an attack from the enemy to try to get you off focus from sowing good seeds. Jesus, let me and Sarah have this little saying, Jesus, keep me close to the cross today. Keep me close to the cross today. When, when you're just in those moments where I am, keep me close to the cross. And maybe the enemy's just trying to get in there. Get you sowing some negative seeds, some bad thoughts. But we're going to keep pressing forward. We're going to keep leaning in. And I encourage you to keep pressing forward. I don't know where you felt discouraged today in your life. Maybe it's in the realm of finance. Maybe it's in the realm of personal relationships. Maybe it's in the realm of, of you know, a, a mental attack or anxiety that's plagued your life. And you just feel like giving up, accepting it, and quitting, and just saying it is what it is. But I'm here to tell you, just keep planting. Just keep sowing good seeds. Keep doing whatever it is that you know to do. And in time, you will reap a good harvest. Just keep loving the unlovely. Keep doing and being obedient to what God's called you to do. There will be a day where he will look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. 
didn't stop when it was hard. You didn't quit when there was opposition and that adversity. You know, even our rewards in heaven. You know, we're saved by grace through faith, which means it costs us nothing. We don't have to do anything to get it. But you know, heaven and our it has a whole reward system based off of what we do here on earth. Now, I don't do things so that I can like add a wing to my mansion in heaven, but if that's what it equates to, then I, mean, I don't know. But I think it's so interesting that the Bible teaches that. Because he's just reminding us that nothing you do is not seen by the hand of God. The Bible says that not one tear that falls from your eye is not recorded in the heart and mind of God. Every good deed, opening the door for somebody, letting somebody in front of you in traffic, and when they give you, you know, half the peace sign, you wave and just smile back at them. It's a seed. It's a seed. Tangible things. Paying for somebody behind us in the drive through line. You know, giving towards the food project and all those, those type of things that we, we, we can do. It's all important. But so are our attitudes. So is our attitudes. I'm going to reap a successful marriage if I keep sowing a right attitude. But pastor, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know her. You don't know him. You don't know how they are. Keep sowing. <laughs> You're not in the harvesting business. God is. I love it. Even your Bible says to those who endure to the end, he says he will give them the crown of life. To who? To those who endure. So I want to pray as we close today. And you can stand on your feet and the worship team will lead us in worship. And Pastor Travis will come and close, but I want to pray a very specific, specific prayer over you today. I want to pray first, if, and this is my prayer, but Father, I pray first for any person who has uncertainty in their life and in their world, and it's causing them to miss the God-appointed opportunities. They don't know whether they should move forward or backwards or what their future should hold, and they've kind of just been drifting. We understand today that that can be a block to a harvest. Father, I pray for that person today that you would bear witness deep down into their soul of what it is that they are to do. Without question, they will know the future that you have for them. Lord, you don't create futures and hide them, but you say you know the plans you have for us. They're good plans, plans of peace and prosperity. So, Father, I ask that you would speak to them even through dreams and visions and sending people into their life to confirm the dream that's on the inside of them that forever would be stopped the uncertainty that holds them back. I pray that in Jesus' name. And the second thing I want to pray today is for some of us, we've been sowing seeds, but maybe there's an area in our life where we've been sowing seeds wrong seeds for a long time. Maybe we haven't been obedient to God in our giving. Maybe we haven't been obedient to God in our prayer life or reading His Word or just being kind <laughs> or submitting a situation to Him. 
And so what we've been doing is we've been saying all kind of stuff. We've been talking negative. We've been disobeying God. We've been sowing all kind of negative. See, that person hurt you and you've been out running your mouth to every ear that will open up unto you. And what you've been doing is you've been sowing seeds that will come back in a, a dangerous harvest in your future. A harvest that could take you and your family out in the future. But I have good gospel news for you today. I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe God in Jesus' name that every negative seed that we have sown will, be, will today get a crop failure over it. That it will dry up in Jesus' name. It will produce nothing in Jesus' name. It will shrivel. It will die. It will have no life. It won't infect me. It won't come near me. Come on, somebody. Come on, open up your mouth and begin to just say out loud. I decree in the name of Jesus. Say it after me. I decree in the name of Jesus that every seed that is contrary to the word of God in my life has a crop failure right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, I felt the anointing on that this morning. I believe it. So we've been talking about faith. We've been talking about faith. This is the message of the gospel. That what I deserve, that's what they sang earlier, what I deserve isn't what I got. I sowed some bad seed. And what I deserved was to be cast down into hell forever. But the message of the gospel is that when we come to him, he will wipe away every negative thing that we've done. And he'll bring new life to dead things. He'll resurrect that which the world said could never be resurrected. Yes. So what I want you to be careful of as you leave here today is be careful that you think things like, I deserve this. When you think things like that, that's faith. I deserve this. Maybe you did bad. Maybe you did bad. Then you stand before God, you confess it, and you repent, and you speak a crop failure over that thing. And then you don't just walk away. Because what you do not sow in, the enemy will. So, Father, I replace every negative seed with seeds of blessing with seeds of hope, with seeds of a sound mind. I understand the doctor said I will struggle with this forever, but I replace that seed with seeds of the blood of Jesus Christ, with seeds of healing. I thank you that healing is my bread. I thank you that every morning healing is coming back to me. I thank you that every day that I wake up, more and more and more and more and more healing is coming and manifesting in my life. And that's what you begin to do. Every day you say it, you declare Father, I thank you. I understand that it looks like that loved one. It looks like my spouse will never come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ but father I thank you and I thank you that you have perfect laborers God praying for you right now but you have perfect laborers going out into their life into their path to bring them in I thank you father I will keep showing the love of God I'll keep being kind I'll keep letting my light show what am I doing I'm sowing seed I'm declaring a crop failure and I'm sowing right seeds and this week you're going to mess up you don't want to say something negative about somebody. You're going to not do what God's called you to do. Get up, brush the dust off, speak a crop failure over that thing, and start to planting bright seeds. Bright seeds in Jesus' name.